Can I just say how tacky that Sportsnet promo was? Every time. Do you, don't you just cringe when you hear it? I have to turn the channel. It's so Even bad. though it's for 20 seconds. It's on. Hey, guys. It's on. Hey. Stop slamming around. It's a, hey, I'm Brian Burke. <laughs> I'm the tough guy. If you can see Dave's it's reactions, on. it's hilarious. Give me a break, Sportsnet. I'm not alone on that. I know a lot of people will oh. think that way. Okay? That's why we're doing this. You get us on there. We'll be less cringy. Yeah. A little less cringy. <laughs> a little less. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode four. We are uh, back already, We Dave. are back. Less than a week removed. We are back with episode four of the Battle of Ontario podcast. I am your host, David Celebrity, as always, with my co-host. Alicia Scotelaire. And we are glad that you have joined us after the NHL has just started its first slate of games from Wednesday, January 13th. And we are going to discuss what has happened to start the season. We're going to start with our back to the drawing board segment where we just kick off with some of the things that we have missed between the recordings of this episode and last episode. Uh, One of the important things I think we need to discuss is the whole COVID situation and the COVID COVID protocol list for each NHL team. Uh, A lot of people are still confused as to what that is. I know Alicia's confused. That confused look at her face. (laughs) So I'm just going to break it down for you quickly so that everyone understands what it means as opposed to last season when all they had was the bubble. Because they are not out of the bubble, NHL has a new system which they follow. Every day, NHL teams will have to submit a COVID protocol list to the NHL to let them know that players are either positive with COVID or have been in contact with someone with COVID. So the way it works, if a player tests positive... They are to self-isolate and follow the requirements consistent with local public health regulations. They can return to the ice in one or two ways. One, if they test negative twice, or if they have at least 10 days since they've been symptom-free. Now, if a player tests positive but is asymptomatic, he must wait until he tests negative or only wait the 10-day period. If they're asymptomatic after 10 days, then he can return to the ice. Teammates of these players... Of these positive players, they won't have to quarantine if they either test negative, if they remain asymptomatic, or if they do not have a fever. That's a lot. It's a lot, but I tried my best to get it in as quickly as possible. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it it does. I mean, they're just following what they have to do. It's it's protocol, right? I mean, right? We're, we're, we're lucky that we're even having a season. Exactly. So and if they have to do this, then then do it. I so mean, be it. Yeah. Whatever. Obviously, Dallas had a bit of a situation where almost the entire organization, it felt like, had positive cases. So that's why Dallas and Florida didn't play their two games. And I get it. Then. They didn't want to spread it around the league. And no. this is what they have to do. Follow the rules and we'll have no cases exactly and they don't want to go the way of the nba where nba has already canceled a bunch of games because oh, it's of horrible yeah it's horrible. so if the nhl does it then they'll be in big trouble financially as well it's ruining my fantasy dave it's, is it's what your nba fantasy? yeah it's terrible well number one you play nba fantasy there's your problem oh my i play <laughs> shut up i play hockey fantasy too <laughs> okay little quick little update on ryan reeves from the vegas golden knights he actually um 
went to speak about the Kane situation. The really? Kane I thought situation. they were good friends. Oh, really, Dave? <laughs> no, they no they're enemies. They hate each other. So he actually said this about the Evander Kane situation. First, his mouth writes checks. His body can't cash. And now this, I guess bad checks are just his thing. Oh, my Ooh. God. Wow. Kick a guy while he's down, why don't you? You can't argue with the way people feel about the Kane situation. He's, he was going around being flashy. He was doing that whole Logan Paul thing. Yeah. Or Jake Paul thing, whatever. You had Paul it coming. He, he's, he's that guy where if something like this happens to him, you had it coming. Exactly. That's what the media and the public will think about it. Uh, Ryan Reeves, obviously not a fan of his, saw an opportunity and he took it. Whether or not you think it's good to kick a guy while he's down, I mean, it is what it is. He's he's now has to save the has to face the consequences of his actions. Yep. And that's what it is. Is it a little low of Ryan Reeves to do that? I would say so. Uh, but maybe spark yes up no. something between well, the two teams, some, right? But that's how he is. You're not going to change a guy like Ryan Reeves like, no. like that. So it is what it is. And um, funny thing is, Kane started the game and he got three points that night. So he's playing with some edge, so man. So he's playing with an edge. chip and, on his shoulder, and, keep going. Oh, chip on his shoulder. He's got to cash some checks there or else he's <laughs> in big trouble. He's so. in debt. Yeah. Um, another quick few notes here. Uh, this is involving the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, they had put the other day, I believe it was Sunday, they had put um, Aaron Dell and Jason Spezza both on waivers uh, because of the Nick Robinson situation. As you know, Nick Robinson was called up for the second game against the Ottawa Senators. He did injure his knee. And so they needed to do a little bit of roster moving around in order to put Nick Robinson on LTIR, basically a long-term injury reserve. The Aaron Dell situation is a little different because they did have Anderson sit out the third game. Jack Campbell started, and Aaron Dell was the backup. So in order to get Anderson back up, they had to bring uh, Aaron Dell down. Uh, unfortunately for the Leafs, or fortunately, however you look at it, the New Jersey, New Jersey Devils did pick him up on Sunday, um, and now he is a member of the New Jersey Devils. They're... Good pickup for New Jersey, Dave. Yeah. Good pickup. But yeah. one team that should have jumped on on this, the Edmonton Oilers. Like, oh, yeah. missed opportunity. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's really confusing how Edmonton didn't really jump on this because they are in – dire need of goaltending mike smith is on the uh long-term injury reserve and miko koskinen has not been very good no. this year uh, edmonton is in trouble with their goalies uh you look at edmonton be one of the favorites in the north division and it doesn't look like they're going to be near the top with goaltending like that uh one more note of that uh there was a lot of chatter and a bit of frustration from Leafs fans seeing that jason spezzo was put on waivers now this is the issue i have talk to me I just I have to explain something to you as a Leaf fan. Okay. Um, you're an outsider, so you yeah. hate Leaf fans. Yeah. Right. Always. It's understandable, which is fine. <laughs> we crave it. We love it. But at the end of the day, I think it's important to understand that there are two kinds of Leaf fans. There are your casual or so-called fake Leaf fans, fake Leaf fans, that tend to just react to what the media is telling them. Okay. Then there are your real Leaf fans who understand the game, who understand the business behind the game, and are not going to overreact at something that A, was necessary to happen, and B, has no effect on the team as a whole. So take into consideration this Jason Spezza thing. He was put down on waivers because they needed to make room for a player to replace Robinson. Robertson, and in order for that to happen, they had to put a player on waivers. Right. They weren't going to put one of their players that they were going to be afraid of losing on waivers because they didn't want to lose them. 
Putting Spets on waivers was not an issue, was not a risk for a few reasons. One, no team is going to want to pick up Spezza at this point. You can't say that though, but, Dave. Okay, let me rephrase that. Yeah. Spezza could be a, 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 a valuable member to any team in the NHL right now. Uh, he was 10 for 10 in faceoffs the last game. Okay, that is a, a that was big. prime uh, asset to have on your team, no matter how old the guy is. The thing is, he has earned his respect in the league. He's been in the league for so long. GMs are not going to ruin his. He's already came out and he's already come out and said that he wants to end his career in Toronto. Okay, he's making near the league minimum. He's making seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. So he's not in it for the money. He's in it because he wants to play close to home. You know, he's from this area. His parents still live here. The guy doesn't want to go anywhere else. So his agent came out and said, if a team picks him up, he is retiring. My whole thing with that, I think the agent said it in a sort of sarcastic kind of way where, yeah, if it did happen, yeah, that w- he would retire. But I think the league has a bit more respect for Spezza where they wouldn't pick him up just because they wanted to screw, Toronto. screw the Leafs over. Yeah. Because that's not really – to me, that's bad karma, and I think the GMs knew it as well. Plus, Spezza is a proven player in the league for the last decade and a bit. So you're not going to do that to a guy like that. Here's my take on the situation. I did not like what the agent said about if someone picks him up, he's going to retire. But it was just like a. It was like uh, you a could take it any way you want to. I took it as a negative way. Let's say a team like Vegas, one of their centers, their third or fourth line centers, they got hurt. They want to pick up Jason Spezza. You know they're a contender team. Yeah, but, but you're Spezza, still going to retire. Yeah, but he doesn't Come want on. to play for anyone else. That's I, his I'm whole sorry, thing. you're a baby. You don't. You play for the National go, Hockey League. Okay. Yeah, but at that, the end of the day, Dave. At the end of the day, he's still a, a human. It's a business. He's still a human. He's still it's a, a business. Being, it comes first. Being. Business comes first. But he's still at the end of the day someone who wants to. Up, d- no, Dave. No, don't go there with me. If he got picked up, let's say by Vegas, you're telling me he wouldn't. He wouldn't go. Come on. No, he wouldn't. Then you know what, Jason Spencer? Because I tell you I what. I hope you don't win with the Leafs, okay? What? You know what? That's that's a baby oh, move. That's gonna, I will retire. That's gonna you know what? Play you your little violin. That's going to slap you in the face. I can't wait to at least win now. <laughs> when they play Vegas in the oh, final and win, and win 4 nothing. Oh, yeah. Came out of the sense. Picked him up. I would have loved it. Just to bite him. And you know what? It, and that was the other running joke. Yeah. I think a lot of Ottawa Senators fans. Right. Pick him up. Pick him up, John. Shove it in the Leafs' face right there. So, anyway, you have nothing to worry about. Spezzo, um, as of as of uh, Monday night when the Leafs played the Jets, in the was lineup, in the right? lineup as yeah. well. So, they have nothing to worry about that with uh, Jason Spezza. One thing before we end off our segment. I want to get into something. Uh-uh. You know it when really Alicia starts me. like that? <laughs> <laughs> that something's coming. It really bothered me, Dave. The fact that Toronto... When they played against Montreal, didn't like the fact that Ben Sherratt, number eight on Montreal, was You def- know what? Before you go there, yeah. it was, I'm pretty sure it was Shea Weber that did that. It was both of them, actually. Oh, Sherratt so and it. Weber. Okay, so it happened more than once. It shouldn't happen once. If you're cross-trekking someone. Yeah. Okay. It is a penalty. You're battling in front of the net. We're going to get into that a after. cross-check is in a penalty. In the Battle of Ontario. Okay, because going. It, it's going to start something here. Point. You're battling in front of the net. Yes, true. Okay? You're doing everything you can to not make a player tip in a goal or get in front of the goalie and screen him. You're doing whatever you can, and I respect that. It's In hockey. line with the rules, though. If you're cross-checking... It's a penalty. No. If you're cross-checking at the back of someone's head 
and slashing them like what Phil Kessel did back in the day against Buffalo. That still makes me laugh. Looks like a lumberjack. That's a John Scott okay? situation. It should not be a penalty. And the Leafs came out with the article saying they don't want that to happen. You're telling me that they won't see that in the playoffs? Good luck. You're going to see that in the playoffs and 10 times harder. So, Matthews, wear a little bit of extra protection. Stop sulking. Stop being a baby and play hockey. <laughs> now, I, I get your argument here. I get you're frustrated because Matthews is one of the best players in the league and you don't have him. Oh. But the bottom line is, yeah, you're right. The NHL has gotten soft over the last few years. It, it and is. And the game has focused on more skill and speed than it has aggressiveness. Uh, we saw in the first game with with uh, with Wayne Simmons fighting Sherratt. I mean, you could tell Simmons didn't or Sherratt didn't want to go, or or they both kind of wanted to go, and it was kind of an awkward fight. Uh, Sherratt fell to the ice. Sim- Simmons, being the, the classy boy, yeah. well, no, the classy guy he is. He let him up, and it was, he didn't clock him before he got ready to get up, and then the ref stepped in and everything. But bottom line, I'm saying fighting fighting has changed. Aggressiveness has changed. They're looking to protect the players a lot more. So that's why you see calls like that being made. You don't want to see a guy get injured off a cross-check in front of the net because they're cross-checking him in the back where your shoulder pads end and your pants have not begun yet. There's that little part where if you get a stick right in the back, you can injure the vertebrae pretty bad. I know I'm getting technical here, but this is what... They are looking for now. I agree with you in the fact that the game has gotten soft, it and hurts. a lot of people will agree with me with that fact. But guess what? That's the reality of it. This isn't the 2000s or the early 90s where there's line brawls every two seconds, where guys are coming in with their head down and getting clocked, and we call it in the trolley tracks getting a beauty hit, guys getting tossed in the boards. Some of you Leaf fans remember that Sammy Kapanen hit by Darcy Tucker in the playoffs, one of the biggest hits I've ever seen in my life. That will result in a 10-plus game suspension now because they're trying to protect the players. I don't even think he got a penalty on that play. Mind you, the Leafs lost right after that. You're not going to get that hard, intense play in terms of hitting, in terms of fighting anymore. Now, battles in front of the net, luckily for us as fans, have not gone away. The Leafs didn't go out and write an article for it. Okay, The Leafs made a comment. And obviously, the Toronto media beating the Toronto media that, that they are. But is that what you're worried about? You're, you're going to expect that 10 times harder in the playoffs. Well, Why are you worrying about that now? Because it's, it's an emotion thing. It's a reaction, too. You know what? Because they're a bunch of kids and they're a bunch <sighs> of babies, okay? I'm over this subject. Actually, actually, I saw a few instances where Matthews was getting a little bit aggressive and upset. Good, though. But that's what that's he needs. What need. And that's what, that's what I'm saying. So I, I agree with you there. Pushing a little bit more and, and getting a little bit aggressive. Matthews, you know what? Maybe a little, uh, a little fashion boy or whatever, yeah. but he could be. He could play a little tough when he needs to. So, we'll and he's see. got guys like Thornton and Simmons and now Bogosian there to sort of toughen it up. Hopefully, they do that a bit to him in practice, get him a little tough, and and get the boy going there. So that's what the Leafs need: a little sandpaper. And as for the NHL itself, hey, it is what it is. It's a soft game now, and that's what we have to deal with moving forward. So we are now going to get into our prime segment, our main focus of our podcast, which is known as the Battle of Ontario, and a bit of a special segment here for the Battle of Ontario because the Leafs did play the Ottawa Senators twice since our last recording, so we have a lot to get into and a lot to talk about. You all know what the result was. Dave, I want to hear it from you. Game one, can you just say it for me? 
Game one, game one, the Leafs lost four to Ottawa. And game two, the Leafs won three two against Sorry, Ottawa. Sorry, say game one again, so you're a bit Five, louder. Five three for Ottawa. Thank you. <laughs> That's so cheesy. I love it. And then three two for the Leafs in the game second two. game, game two. So we're going to talk about both games. We're going to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, what we felt that was good for each team, what we felt that each team was able to bring to the table. Um, just of a quick note, the Leafs did play their first game on the Wednesday night against Montreal. Bit of a sloppy game, but granted, that's what the start of the year is like. They didn't have no preseason. They had a, very, a lot shorter of a training camp. So you can imagine both teams themselves were very, very sloppy. The Leafs did end up winning 5-4 in typical Leaf fashion where they were down two goals, did a comeback, got scored on again, then tied it, then won it in overtime in typical Leaf fashion. There yep. were some holes on defense and in the defensive game in typical Leaf fashion. And as well as Freddie not being his best. But again, first game of the season, I'm going to let it slide. We'll get into actually the first game of the Battle of Ontario. That game was a 5-3 win for the Ottawa Senators. (laughs) Great performance by the Ottawa Senators. So the Ottawa Senators came out. They didn't come out flying. No, they did The Leafs came out flying. The Leafs showed what they are capable of doing and outworking teams, outplaying teams by their skill, moving the puck around, keeping the pressure on in, in the offensive zone, which is what the Leafs did. However, they couldn't score on Ottawa when that was happening. What ended up happening was the Leafs didn't capitalize on their chances when they needed to most. I will say that when Hyman scored that first power play goal, my friend here, Alicia, got very, very upset because she thought it was a high stick. She has a bit of a case because it did look a little bit like a high stick. A bit of a case? Come on, Dave. It wasn't proven. Why does it? Why did it count? The angle. Look at the, the angle. angle. It still counted. So it's not not enough evidence to, to say that yeah, it wasn't because the reviews under in Toronto. That's you why. know what? But at the same time, <laughs> yeah. So now now it's Toronto. Now because the offices are in Toronto, it's always going to favor that way. I yep. can think of a million other ways where it went the other way for Toronto. Zach Hyman was able to score. Really keep that pressure on. Then right before the period ended, your boy, Thomas Shabbat, was able to clap one in from the point. That guy... Beautiful goal. It, he scored a beautiful goal. And he's one of those Ottawa Senators who I would love to have on my team. Yeah. Uh, but he wears Ottawa colors, so uh, screw him. <laughs> Leafs then came back in the second, scored their goal 2-1. And this is where the rails fall off for Toronto. They got into some penalty trouble. And you have players like Brady Kachuk finally opening up. You got players like Austin Watson getting in the dirty areas and scoring yeah. some goals. The Ottawa Senators then scored four unanswered goals to put them up 4 2 and really scare the Leafs into the possibility of them losing this game. And this goes to show everyone the Sens, like a lot of people assume that they are going to finish last. We're in it every night. We're going to play hard every single night. And we're going to show people and prove them wrong. That first game for sure. I mean, oh, yeah. the Senators showed that they are not to be taken lightly when no. they are on their game. They play uh, hard. They have a hard, have a hard uh, uh, style of play that they can play. They remind me of the Canadians in the fact that when they get the puck in the offensive zone, they're able to work teams on the boards. They're able to cycle that puck around on the boards, not necessarily in the middle of the ice or on the in the perimeter, just more on the perimeter of the boards. They can actually outwork teams. And a team like a Toronto, Toronto is is not a very tough team, so they can get outworked that way. So it's important 
for other teams to take note of when that puck is dumped in, that old dump and chase game that Ottawa plays and Montreal likes to play as well, you better be sure to get that puck out right away or else they're going to cycle the puck on you. Yeah. And that one line of Nick Paul, Chris Tierney, and good old Connor Brown, one of my boys who sadly <laughs> joined the enemy, that line was a force. That line Especially was getting Nick chances. Paul. My God, what a performance by Nick Paul. Nick Paul had a very good game. Um, he was mucking it up in the corners. He was mucking it up in front of the net. He's one of those guys that, okay, he's not the flashiest player, but he's got enough skill to remain in the league. And at the same time, enough skill or enough grit to cause enough of a stir that he resulted in some of the goals. Playing on a third or fourth line for Nick Paul, I think is perfect for him. He's, he's proven that he's ready to play full-time. And another honorable mention that I will say is Matt Murray. He played incredible. Matt he Murray had a good game. A lot of chances the Leafs could have scored it, and for that, sure. And that's one of the catalysts for the Ottawa Senators is they're going to be able to scare a lot of teams with their goaltending. Yep. Now, Craig Anderson wasn't someone to be frowned upon, but he was getting older and he wasn't someone who can always steal you a game. Matt Murray is one of those elite goalies or can be elite goalies that can steal you games when you're not playing your best in your own zone. And although the Leafs didn't have the immense pressure that they had near the end of the game, Matt Murray still made some key saves he did. to give Ottawa the W. And he is still a two-time Stanley Cup champion that people tend to forget that sometimes. people forget yeah okay he played for pittsburgh but you still gotta make the he was saves. a rookie goalie both seasons for them yeah and which he is won. which is crazy to think and he's he's cons- the funny thing is he's considered a veteran and he's yeah 26 years and he's old. 26 so you know what so good on him um good on ottawa for having that game you want to mention about your boy stutzla Stutzla was his first NHL game. He had a pretty solid game. He didn't play too much. I barely noticed him. Okay, Dave. It was his first game. Come some slot. I expected him to at least have some chances. He barely had any chances. He didn't hardly play. Okay, so what does that tell you? The coach wasn't going to overuse him. He even said it in an overuse interview. Overuse him in the first game? Yeah, he Get wasn't. him in there. Get him working. I know. I understand. I didn't agree with DJ. Let's go. I didn't agree with the Ottawa Senators coach, DJ Smith, about that. No way. But the scraps of the Babcock regime. There's just one player that makes me laugh on the Leafs now. Why? Because he had a horrible performance, oh, no. not only against Ottawa, but oh, Montreal no. as well. Yeah, I know. You're I'm going to say this. his name yeah. loud and clear. Yeah. TJ Brody, what the hell were you doing on the ice? I agree. He, he was embarrassing. Have, he wasn't very good, but, but at the same time, you have to understand, this is a guy who came from a system in Calgary where he had some pretty good defensemen to play with. He had Mark Giordano, he had Noah Hannafin, he had guys like he had guys like Travis Hamannick that were there. So he was a guy that was a defensive defenseman who did not need to be a main guy, although he was a main guy, but he was behind the scenes. He did what he had to do and he kept his team in the game when he needed to be. But if he made a mistake, it wasn't that noticeable. Now, he's in Toronto where all of your play is magnified a thousand times as opposed to Calgary. Don't get me wrong. Calgary is still a hotbed of hockey, but let's be honest. There's nothing on Toronto. I think he's still getting used to playing in a city like this. He is feeling the pressure from a city like this. He knows he's going to be one of the two guys, the two main defensemen anyway, aside from Riley and himself, where he has to actually perform. He asks, Everything is seen through a microscope with this guy. And he might have let the pressure get to him, and he wasn't ready for it. And he had two horrible games, that the first and second game. 
I didn't uh, expect it though from him. Well, I didn't either. But the only explanation I can have for it is that he felt the pressure. He felt Clear, the pressure. Clearly, of and, I showed. And, and, yeah. <laughs> Okay, relax. Just say it's the start of the season, okay? I don't care. No, I know you don't care, but he's I not care. A, he's not a rookie, Dave. You're right. He's not. He's not he knows but how to you play can't, defense. But you can't argue that he came from a system that was completely different than the one he's playing you in Toronto. You know what? Baloney. Not okay. baloney. He, he, he was in a system he where like he, was, he had protection. Come on, Dave. Yeah, Cut it out. He was horrible. Sushi. He should know how to play regardless of the system. I have okay? no fear. I have no doubt that Brody is going to turn it around and be that defenseman, stud defenseman, defensive defenseman that he needs to be for the Leafs. Actually, you know what? I'm going to hand off the big C word to him now. Oh, so he's careful. the chooch Family now. Show. Oh, okay. So he will be the chooch. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> the chooch. <laughs> so the chooch of the week is TJ Brody. Yeah, okay, chooch I can of the say week that. is I, TJ I Brody. I can see that for sure. Yeah. You know, let's, let's do that. Every every episode, we'll name a chooch. We'll name a chooch of the week. I like that's it. For sure. TJ Brody did not have a very good game. Yeah. I think what we have to mention about this game, this Ottawa game versus Toronto game, the first game yeah okay Ottawa won they played well and they won yeah. the game but this was one of those classic Leaf games where they stuck up the joint and they basically lost it for themselves okay Ottawa played a pretty good game they played hard they played fast they played smart yep okay they outworked the Leafs in their own zone they were able to stop the Leafs from barely entering the zone at times they couldn't make they create lost any, momentum they the couldn't momentum create any pressure switched to Ottawa. absolutely and Ottawa showed yeah I think the bigger story here as well not only did the Leafs play so bad, but I think the bigger story here is Ottawa really showed the North Division. Ottawa showed the North Division that they aren't to be taken lightly. No. If the Ottawa Senators play like they did on that Friday night game, they can really scare some teams in contending for that fourth or even third, mind you, playoff spot in that North Division. If they play three quarters of their season the way they played that game on Friday night, watch out. Watch out, Edmonton. Watch out, Vancouver. Watch out, Winnipeg. And that's exactly this team, my point from last episode. This yeah. team can surprise you in some ways. They have they have a very good goaltender in in uh, Matt Murray. They have a lot of young talent. They have nothing to lose this season. Nope. Everyone is counting them out. Bring it. So, although I do think they're not going to do so well this year, they could surprise a lot of people. Yeah. And the Leafs saw that, and they suffered the consequences because they took them so lightly. The Leafs did a typical Leaf thing Leafer. where they fall asleep. They realize that they're losing badly. They go down two goals, and they say, huh, I think we got to start playing now. Well, which, it's time to wake up. Which little too late. pisses me off because then 90% of the time, like you said, it's too little too late. Yeah. Are they able to come back from a two-goal deficit? Course. They're one of the probably one of the top teams that can always come back from a two goal deficit because they have such firepower. They don't have to get to that point. They put themselves no, they in that put position. There, yeah. And as a Leaf fan, it's okay, cringe. I'm 33 years old. I have grays growing <laughs> like he crazy does. because of these damn Leafs over the years, over the last decade, over the last 15 years, over the last 20 years. They continue to drive me crazy when they do stupid things like this. So they can't get themselves in these positions because when it matters most in the playoffs, they're not going to be able to bounce back from that. They're not. Okay, so you have to get rid of these bad habits or else you're not going to be able to win a Stanley Cup if you continue to put yourselves in these holes. And this is what they consistently do. So that's why I get frustrated with this team. I love them, but knock it off. Okay, game two. Sorry, I got to... Calm down. Okay, go on. Game so, two. Game two. <laughs> <Good job. laughs> 
<laughs> this is what they do to me, man. I get Davis so is so frustrated now, but whatever. We're but game two happened, and look what Saturday happened. night. Saturday. Dave's favorite night. Saturday night. The Leafs took this game of a score of three to two, barely beat the Senators, but I'll get into that. Oh my Woo! god! Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> couple things the Sens did not play well their power play sucked in my opinion they just couldn't capitalize on chances that they did have on the five on three I found that the puck was bouncing off their stick it just wasn't their night the only good thing that came out of this date mm. there is this German boy on the Sens he's only 19 years old who is this guy? happy belated to me oh Timmy Tim Stutzla scored his first National Hockey League goal Man, what a goal Puck out of the air, yeah. Puck out of the air. I mean, it, it was a nice goal. It, it was Ni- good. even nicer, Sully. My it God, it was a good. <laughs> <laughs> just threw his hands in the air. Almost beautiful. Um, Tim Stutzla scored his first NHL goal, which is good to see. It's good to see for the game. It's good to see a good player like that, one of the bright stars, finally got off to Schneid and scored yeah. the goal. And uh, it was good for him to do that because it's it's always hard. That first goal is always the hardest. Yep. And he finally got it after a very mediocre game one that he had. Yeah. Um, he was a lot more active in his play. In game two, in he game was. Two. Now, we talk about game two. Game two started a lot like game one, where the Leafs had immense pressure all over the Senators in their own zone. And it came to a point where they had their chances to score and go up early in the game. But what ends up happening with the Leafs all too often and a lot of fans can agree with me here, is that even though they have this offensive pressure, when it gets to their zone, they get a little too comfortable, fall asleep, give up these chances to these teams because of the poor decisions they made. And that's what happened with Nick Paul's goal. Nick Paul scored the first goal of the game, and it was just a result of him playing hard. Okay, Getting to the net. Getting to the net, being the uh, annoying pest that he is for other teams, being the good player that he is. And uh, he made a difference in that first little bit of the period where Ottawa did have that little bit of pressure. And look what it resulted in. It resulted in a one nothing lead for Ottawa. Thankfully, we have our first line that finally got off their oh. own schneid. And Joey Thornton, Jumbo Joe, the hometown boy, finally scored his first as a Leaf off a nifty play by Mitch Marner. Wow, congrats. Mean. Mitch Marner. I wish you had Mitch Marner. <laughs> Mitch Marner does these little things. He is an elite player in the NHL. He does these little things that make a difference in the play. So, for example, in this goal, the puck was a bit ahead of him. And in order to keep the puck from reaching or going past him, he put his whole stick on the ice and the shaft of his stick slowed down the puck so that he can control it, drop it off to Jumbo Joe. And Jumbo Joe does what Jumbo Joe does best, snipes it into the net for the 1-1 tie. That kind of thing is what that line needed. They were obviously under a lot of pressure, not really performing to the best of their ability in games one and two. But as we all know in this NHL, especially this season, you need a bit of time to work in your lines, especially if it's a new line that hasn't played together before. Matthews and Marner didn't play a lot together last year. I mean, midway through the game, they might have been paired up together as a first line unit or as a set line. They were not always together. So this is a brand new line for the Leafs that needed a bit of time to work, and work they did. They were able to get that first goal, tie the game up at one after two after one period, and then Mitch Marner, of course, he scored his goal to make it 2-1. to one. 
It was around that time where Ottawa was really in trouble. Yeah, we were. We were not playing well at all. They were really feeling the pressure. And this is what Leafs love to do. They love to use their skill to frustrate other teams because if they're able to move the puck around and make these plays that they're able to do because they're so skilled, teams are going to feel pressured and frustrated because they can't get the puck and create their own chances. They might get the puck off them and dump it out of the zone, but then the Leafs get it right back. Right. So that's the danger that the Leafs have. Yeah, we talk about Ottawa being able to dump and chase and work the Leafs in their own zone, but it never got to that point. They just did not perform well. They, they didn't perform well at all. If they performed like they did in game one against the Leafs, mm-hmm. I think it would have been a close match. It, for sure. But it this, still was, but though. Technically, it was. It was only a 3-2 hockey game. But now that's what's good for you as an Ottawa fan and bad for yeah. me as a Leaf fan was that they were yeah. had all this pressure and it was still only 3-2. to two. They, Yeah. Now, a lot has to do with Matt Murray, who is a good goaltender. He played outstanding again, back-to-back games. I mean, the shots were 40-19. to 19. Yeah. That's insane. One thing I do like about the Leafs is that they're starting to shoot teams m- way more consistently than they did in the past couple of years. But Matt Murray needs to expect that because, again, he's have he plays with a young team, and their defense is and is, their defense is, is weak. Yeah, it's not that great their yeah. defense. That only Shabbat yeah. is really the highlight of that. Yeah. But there's this one play that really pissed me off. Oh, only one. Yeah. It was this one play. The game was 3-2 at this point. Tim Stutzla just scored. Yep. And we then get a penalty. Tim Stutzla was just basically skating. And I think, I'm pretty sure it was Muzzin. Cross-checks him out of nowhere. And that's not interference, right? Yeah, there was no call there. That was a BS call. But then he's going in the boards against Muzzin. They were skating for a puck. They were skating for the puck. Yep. And then he gets called for a penalty. Well, he, he give got, me a break, wait, That okay. is not a penalty. He got his le- their legs tied up, and him being the defensive player, Muzzin, he has the advantage already because he's he's the closest to the puck at that point. Okay, Stutzla is behind him, and obviously he's going to be faster because Muzzin is going from backwards to forwards. This is why the penalty is called in this way. It's his concern. it's his responsibility, Stutzla, to not touch the player and interfere with him while he's going for the puck. Now, did he intentionally do it? No. I mean, we don't know. But it didn't look like he didn't intentionally no, he do it. No, he didn't. Bottom line is, he made Muzzin fall while he was going to get the puck. You know puck. what? That's such so a he interfered BS, with him. That's a BS call. But that's the penalty. That's a BS call. But that's okay? how calls are made. That's how penalties no, work. No, I'll disagree Whether you agree with, with you it or not. On, no. That's a that penalty. That should not be a penalty. You now, guys are battling for a puck and you're going to give him a penalty with not even two minutes but left. But they're nowhere the near the puck. How is he supposed to do that? Okay, so neither was Stutzla, though. Okay, Maybe but that was, was a different play. Left. That's a different play. It Maybe was... the refs didn't see it. Oh, the refs didn't see it. I don't know. Give me a break, Dave. I don't know. You know what? Once again, the refs ruin the game. They are ha- they have been terrible. Excuse me. Excuse me. No, no, no. Excuse me. They have been terrible. The shots were 40 I to 19. I don't give a shit. It was still the a The refs game. didn't lose you the game. Ottawa lost you the game. Listen, if that penalty didn't happen, I'll bet you $100 that game would have been tied. And that I bet you, and I bet you $200 that the Leafs would have won it in overtime. Okay, so that game, you can look at it either game, way. It killed the game. These refs need to wake up. And I understand ridiculous calls. Yeah, but as, there was a ridiculous call on Hyman too, which was pathetic. well, well. That then you can argue maybe that was a makeup because Hyman did this makeup calls. Don't call the goddamn penalty in the first. Yeah, place. but at the end of the day, they're going to have to do that because on, they have to balance the game out that as was, much as possible. That was not a penalty. Now the Hyman play that most of you may or may not know. It was very similar to the Stutzla and Muzzin play where Hyman was going into the corner trying to fight for a puck. Uh, I believe it was with Shabbat. 
he got his his arm or his elbow up in 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 uh, Shabbat's face or his shoulder area or his chest area, and basically dropped him to the ice. And he got an offensive zone penalty for that, much like Stutzla did. It goes to my point of what the rule is as a referee. A defenseman is in a vulnerable position because he's skating backwards. He's got to turn around and skate forwards, right? Yeah. Now, if he has that advantage of getting to that disadvantage of trying to turn to get to the puck, a player can't dump the puck in, shove the guy out of the way, and then go get the puck. That's interference. Likewise, if the defenseman, knowing he's going to get beat, shoves, trips, or interferes with the offensive player, then he gets a penalty. So this is why these two penalties were called. The defenseman was in a vulnerable position. The The player didn't do anything to get out of the defenseman's way and only go for the puck. Instead, the defenseman was in the player's way. So the, what the player did was interfere with the defenseman, thus a penalty. I so, just think it, it's ridiculous. And I agree with you what you're saying about the league being soft. Because it, this, we have talked about it This goes to show my point, though, Dave. Yeah. The league is soft. 100%, I agree. But this is what the NHL is now. The NHL is a soft-like league in that we're not used to seeing that hard play that we have seen in the late 90s. Well, you can Early go as far 2000s. back as the 70s and the 80s. I wasn't born yet. But <laughs> <laughs> Neither was I. It's not aging me. <laughs> but the early 90s, 90s, as you could say, and the early 2000s, where it was a rough and tough game, scraps, fights, hits, Mid-ice hits, guys getting caught with their head down, concussions, all very dangerous for the sport. As fans, we nothing, love but it. Ever, nothing but entertainment. Yeah. But the harsh reality is those guys have lives beyond the game, Okay, much like an NFL player. If an NFL player gets two, three, four concussions, their life is, is not going to be one that is pleasant. It's for not. the rest, but they chose to go for their down that career. Route. They know what it's but about. But they didn't. Cho- they didn't choose that career to get hurt and have a have a sh- have a crappy life afterwards. No, and right? I'm not saying. But you. And this is the NHL's point. This is what they're trying to avoid because it is a fast game. Okay, so you know what? If you guys just want to make it a fast game, then get rid of fighting. Okay, you won't have your but, Wayne Simmons but, on the team but anymore. Can you, uh, okay, so can you argue that they kind of have got rid of fighting already? They did. Look what happened with the fight against Montreal. It looked like the most awkward thing. It, it, it's okay. just, I can't ten, watch it anymore. 10, 15 years ago, we'd be on the edge of our seats, screaming. And now what? It's just all still. But it's not, it's not part fun of the anymore. game anymore. And that's sad. It should be part of the game. Should it, though? Yes, it should be part of the game, Dave. I, I'm, I'm, and if I'm anyone knows, if these, anyone knows I'm me. I'm going to fans what they said. Oh, here with we go. With the Wayne Simmons uh, fight. It brought so much momentum. Uh, to our it actually team. did. It did. Oh my. Okay. What do you mean? It gave you a five, basically a five-on-three penalty because they got another penalty shooting the puck but in the stands for a delay of game. But it so doesn't you know matter. What? At the same time, oh. look what happened. The Leafs were playing that tough. They were playing scared before that. You got a guy who's known for his physical prowess, who's known to play hard, who did have a lot of skill when he first started in in the league, but he wasn't a. He's not a guy that's brought there for their point production now. He's a guy to muck it up in the corners, to uh, annoy the goalie in front of the net, to screen the goalie in front of the net, which he has done on a few goals already this year. Sat his butt in front of the net. The goalie cannot see, and the puck goes in the net, thanks to a guy like Wayne Simmons. Now, when he sees his team struggling, when he sees his team not being able to work to the best of their ability because they're playing scared, they're playing under pressure, and you have a guy like that trying to up the momentum and switch momentum in your favor to give your boys energy, 
that's what Wayne Simmons did. You saw his reaction when he looked to the bench, basically telling the guys, come on, let's go, wake up. And what happened? The boys woke up. Okay. Obviously, there were other things that happened, but you can't argue the fact that Wayne Simmons' energy did give the Leafs a reason to wake up a little bit. And that's what those guys bring to the team. I agree with you, though. It's sad to see fighting and hitting and that excitement go from the game. But the reality is, it's not necessarily needed anymore in the game. Because guys are getting seriously hurt. Their lives are cut short because of it. Look at guys like Steve Monitor. Look at guys like... Wade Belak. Rick, okay, Wade Belak. Rick Ripon. Yeah, and uh, I agree. Derek Bugard. Yeah. Bob Probert. Look at all these guys who were the tough guys of the NHL. And whether it was because of Dan Carcillo. Uh, a hometown boy, right? Hometown boy, Nick Boynton had troubles too. Yeah. These guys are affected because they're expected to play a rough game even when they're hurt. And the NHL wants to get rid of that stigma. So they need to get it out of the game. And that's something that is better for the game, better for the players who play it. As fans, yeah, it sucks because we don't get to see fights or the big hits anymore. But we still watch. But that goes to my other point, though. When, let's say, uh, Muzzin hits a guy. Yeah. Outstanding hit. Yeah. The other player has to come in and, like, start fighting him. What is that garbage? What do you mean? Get the hit, like... Oh, well, okay. That's a perfect point. If a guy makes a good hit, as a player, as a teammate, you want to stand up for your teammate, right? That's that's fine. That's okay. But you're going to hurt your team in the process by exactly. fighting the other guy. Get him out somewhere else where it hurts. If you see him on the boards with the puck, give hit him, him a hit. in. Yeah. Okay? Or beat him on the scoreboard where it matters. It's so cliche, but beat him on the scoreboard where it matters most. But this goes to show my point again, the NHL is soft. And I'm just going to leave it at that. And that's the reality that we have. Okay. So lucky for both teams. Both teams split the Battle of Ontario one and one. Um, both teams played very well in each of those. Well, I'll say this. One team played well in one game. One team played well in the other yep. game. So, needless to say, I think no matter where Ottawa and Toronto are in the standings, we are always in for a good game between the two teams. Now, it does look like that Toronto can run away with games against Ottawa, but if Ottawa plays the way they did on that Friday night, watch out. They can give Toronto a run for their money. They can give the whole North Division a run for their money. So, I'd safe to say that the Battle of Ontario was I think the first round was pretty good day. Was a pretty good First round. I must say, to start the year. I loved chirping you, though, that Friday night. Yeah, that was a little bit uh, uncalled for. <laughs> uh, I didn't appreciate it. I was trying my hardest to not answer her text, but I also wanted to be the bigger man and let her have the fun because I know that's probably the only fun she's going to have for oh, the rest of the okay. year. So, you know, it was fine. A little fun ribbon. This is why we do what yeah. we do. And then at the end of the day, it was good to see both teams. Play hard like they did. And this is only the beginning of the season. Only the beginning. These teams are not going to be as bad as they were in the first three games of the season. They're only going to get better. And thank God that the Leafs came out on top on the Saturday night. Because if the Leafs lost both games to Ottawa, oh oh my goodness, (laughs) Leafland would be in shambles. I do want to say something about... You guys and your Ottawa Senators. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? It's 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 a bit of fair warning. Oh, it's a okay. bit of um, friendly advice, even though you are the enemy. Careful, 
careful when your team wins a game. Don't get too high too quickly because we've been there. Okay? We're still cautious. Leafs could go on a 10-game winning streak, and, and Leaf fans are like, oh, when are they going to blow it now? Oh, here's the game that they're going to lose, and they keep winning and winning and winning. All I'm saying with Ottawa, when they won that first game, and I have Ottawa, uh, 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 Ottawa Senators fan pages on my Twitter as well, on our Battle of Ontario Twitter. You can follow us at, at, battle, at battle of on Pod on Twitter. Uh, there were a lot of Twitter fan uh, pages that were commenting on the fact that, oh, Ottawa is a different team. We're not like who, we th- who people think we are. We're going to make some noise this year. We're going to do some damage, blah, 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 which is fine. You can get excited, but be realistic. Don't have those fake. But I fake... think that was a realistic comment, though. In what way? That we are going to be tough to play against. I never said that. That that you weren't. It's just you know what the thing is with Sens Twitter. We were ecstatic that we won our first game of the season. Especially it was it was against the Leafs, and especially because right? you guys haven't played in almost in three hundred days. days. So you know what? We were excited, but I never hear oh the Sens are going to win the cup. Just because they won the first game. Excuse me. Are you no, saying something? No, Leaf fans always say that. They no, win the who, first... s- who says Listen, we're going to win the cup? they're all on Twitter too. These I call them fake phony fans. Yes, thank you. Oh, we're going to win the cup because we won three in a row. Yeah. Oh, we're going to win the cup because we won our first game. Yeah. My, you guys are sick in the head. <laughs> it's unrealistic to think that. And Please go to an asylum and seek help because <laughs> that is so unrealistic. And, and with, with the like I said, with the real Leaf fans, it frustrates us because... We know, A, the Leafs aren't going to be that team that runs away with the league. Okay, They're going to have to work for it. They're going to have to work for their championship. They're going to have to work for their wins. That's the reality of the league. There are fake Leaf fans, like you said, who don't watch the Leafs that much, don't pay attention that much, who only like the Leafs when they're winning. These are the same fans that when they're losing, call for Dubas' head, call for Matthews, Marner, whoever, you name it. They'll crucify the team as much as they cheer and, and praise them when they win. They'll crucify them when they lose. And that's not realistic because even though this is a 56-game season, it's still a long season. Yeah. There's a lot to happen. If you want to crucify this team halfway through the season and they're below 500, I'll be first in line crucifying them because they're not expected to do that poorly. But if they go on a two- or three-game losing streak, that's fine. It's when they go on the six or seven game losing streak where you can get a little bit frustrated. Now you start to panic. When you start to panic a little bit. But yeah. even then, you can't panic that much because there is far too much talent on this team and there is far too much potential on this team for them to be out of a playoff spot. If they get out of a playoff spot this year, we're going to be back to the drawing board before you know it. Yeah. A lot of guys are going to go, but that's not going to happen because there's too much talent. Uh, well, you know what? We'll see. You really you think said, they're not going to make the playoffs? You guys been saying this for years now. No, no, no. We've our been... talent, our this, well, our no, that. No, and what you're if... still losing the first Who, round. Again, you're speaking with fake Leaf fans. You're speaking about fake Leaf fans. All the real Leaf fans still know that this team is not 100% no, you're not. in the position to win a Stanley Cup just yet. Now, does the changes that they made last year to this year up those chances a little bit? I think so, but they have to show it on the ice. They need more grit. As one of my buddies says, they need more men on their team. Men uh, who have I'll disagree character with you on that. and passion and grit to know what it's like to face adversity and overcome it. No more excuses. If there was a year, and I've said it before, if there's a year that the Leafs can truly contend for a cup, 
It's this year. You don't have Boston. You don't have Tampa. You have all these Canadian teams that you do well against. I would say Montreal is the team that gives you the biggest trouble. Yep, I agree with that. So there's no excuses. If you're going to do it, do it this year. Because the only time you'll play a team like Boston or Tampa is in the conference finals. You should be getting out of the first round. Not with no problem at all, but you should have a better chance of doing it. I think I'm done my rant. Uh, I think so too. I think my I'm, God. I'm, I almost passed out because I get really emotional, passionate about this team. And a lot of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us again for another Battle of Ontario podcast. So thank you for joining us for this. To I just mention. want to say thanks for all tuning in. Please tune in to episode five. That will be coming next week. Have a great night. Stay safe. And go Sens go. Go East Mix up. Well, he's going to the box. Okay, Connor, cut your hair, buddy. Look at your hair. Connor's hair. See it, Matthew's stash. It's disgusting. That's how a man looks. Oh, you know. Nice. He ran the goalie. He got pushed. He ran him. (laughs) Make an effort. Yeah, yeah. Look at Anderson. Yeah, club him. Yeah, that boy Hall. Yeah, I see penalty box. Two minutes for interference. Exactly. Piece of shit. Oh. I'm sorry. I get a little worked up. It's okay, Dave.